We are Pod Jerky, two Canadian buddies serving up multi-flavored audio jerky in every episode. If you like good times, strong coffee, maple syrup, swamp donkeys, hockey, the outdoors, common sense, dogs, conspiracy theories, sports, and life in general, then subscribe and follow our podcast and check out our social media channel at Pod Jerky. Pod Jerky. Make it a double. Some of the topics discussed on Blackbird and Advocacy Podcast may be difficult to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 22 of Blackbird. There's a, there's probably going to be a point where I just don't say the numbers anymore because I'm going to, I'm going to lose track. So as always, I am your host, Sarah, and with me is my lovely co-host, Dan. Did my makeup this morning. Beautiful. That's why I'm lovely. Yes. Those other days, she's lying. I'm not lovely. Yeah, it's true. Just today. Yeah. Yep. Just today. He's also wearing um, a Pirates of the Caribbean shirt from Disney. Yes, I am. That I bought him. Yes, she did. Yeah. So he's extra lovely. Oh, yeah. You're always extra lovely when you're wearing Disney stuff. Yes. Right? Yes. The magic of sure. Disney. Magic. Exactly. So today's episode, we have another survivor story. And uh, the format, again, is going to be similar to last week, where we're going to kind of cut in a lot of her interview um, so that you guys get the story straight from the survivor herself. So... Without further ado, I guess we'll get into it. Coming from a background of a Southern Christian ideology, Chastity sometimes felt as though things that happened to her were her fault. She wasn't wearing the right thing, or she said the wrong thing, and that she was the reason particular people committed particular acts against her. Her upbringing like for so many, provided her with a way of thinking that she must be to blame. But she wasn't at all. In my 30s, and I'm still like, well, maybe I'll find myself sometimes like, well, maybe I did kind of flirt with this person or whatever. And even if I did, even if I was wearing short shorts, that doesn't mean... It doesn't give anybody the right to do that kind of stuff ever. Exactly. So I feel like when I talk to strangers, sometimes it's... uh, I don't have that judgment. And I also, I, I can't, I hate upsetting people I love and making them sad. And I feel like, and that's another reason why I didn't speak a lot about it when it was actually happening is I felt like I was burdening people. And Always wanting to be in the military, Chastity helped get a JROTC program started in high school. And she went through a Marine boot camp with hopes of going to West Point. Naturally, there were not many women in the program, and Chastity was always placed in the back with the guys due to her height. At just 16 years old, the sexual harassment began. An adult, 
who was essentially her drill instructor, began calling her out with a nickname of Barbie and would make sexual comments about her. And even worse, he would touch, grab, and fix her posture in inappropriate ways. At one point, this male even followed her into the showers. At first, no one said anything when this would happen in front of others, but finally, a friend of Chastity's stuck up for her. Unfortunately, these experiences made Chastity no longer interested in joining the military and going to West Point. And as I mentioned, Chastity's family had the philosophy that someone must have provoked this type of behavior, so she was afraid to tell them. However, this same friend encouraged her to speak up, and he went with her to inform her parents. And while they were on her side, Chastity still felt ashamed. When it was like career day at school and everybody was dressed up like nurses or whatever else girls were dressed up, as, I came in as like a soldier or something. I, I had all, I'm the oldest of five and I have three brothers and you know, I always wanted to do the military. Um, my grandpa was Navy, and out of the five of us, three of us joined the military of the children and stuff. And I just always, we were raised to have a lot of respect for it and be very patriotic. And, you know, you enjoy your liberties. You should help keep them, kind of. So um, I just had planned on going in after college, and I ended up finishing college when I got out. When I was actually... In high school, I helped get an ROT or a JROTC program started. And so I did that, you know, for the, it wasn't there my freshman year, but I did it all three years. So that's when like my first situation actually happened. He was like testing the waters. And as an adult, now I could see what he was doing. He started off calling me Barbie. It was Barbie. Everyone else was their last name, but I was Barbie. And then it started off with little comments in front of uh, the company, like, uh, you want to know, just in front, there's like a hundred kids standing around me. You want to know how uh, they stopped traffic in her town. They put her in a short skirt and bend her over just like, and I didn't even at 15 or, or 16, I was like, what, what is that? It didn't even click to yeah. me what it was. Then it just progressed. It got worse and worse. Uh, he, he actually started touching me and for like fixing my posture and formation. And he would grab me where he shouldn't have grabbed me. And, um, guys would snicker like oh snigger about it like oh ha 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 and he's like yeah I bet you'd like to get your hands on her to a bunch of other teenage boys that are supposed to be learning respect and to respect each other yeah um, he actually at one point followed me into the showers while I was in there showering that's another thing with the Vanessa person that I was hearing about that happened yes. to her he was doing an inspection, but he knew it was my time to shower in there. And there were like two other girls and he waited till they got dressed and came out and came in and, Oh, you're still in here. And instead of being like, Oh, Oh my gosh, sorry. If he was really making a mistake, he just stood in there, trying to talk to me about something while I was naked. And I'm, I'm a teenager, you know, and he's like probably, I don't know, in his forties. And uh, so I just felt so uncomfortable and so ashamed. He, he, I could go into detail for days about the nasty comments he made about sexual acts that he wishes I would do. And this is in front of everybody. No one said a, a dang thing at all. And finally, I'm on the bus 
we were going actually to Lackland Air Force Base because we were doing their obstacle course there and stuff. So they put us on a bus from where we were staying and we're driving us over there and he, he gets on the bus and there's maybe one or two other females on there, very quiet, very, more timid, sitting at the front. And you, the one thing you don't want to do in a boot camp is stand out. You don't want to draw attention. You just want to blend in less punishment, less everything. I just want to get through it. So they were quiet and I don't ever blame anybody for that. But, um, one of my best friends I had grown up with, he was a year older than me and he's a big guy, football guy. He, if I was a boy, I wouldn't mess with him. That kind of guy. <laughs> he, uh, he, he was actually a foul mouth little creep usually, but he was like a brother to me. And he finally got so angry. He stood up on the bus and told the adult and he's like shut the f up shut up to the guy and he's like you're not going to talk to her like that and he's like everybody else laughing how would you like it if she was your sister she's like a sister to me he was one of the only people that ever stood up for me and before he he went into the marine so we were back at our rt i didn't say anything to anybody my parents i feel like were not expecting it but kind of like don't, they were very, don't put yourself in a situation where there's a bunch of boys and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I not, I don't know. I don't want to say anything bad, but it's just, I didn't feel comfortable telling them because I felt like in their minds, they might be like, I knew something like this would happen. And um, I just told them I'm not interested in West Point anymore. Cause when I got back for weeks, I just thought, I, I don't want to do, then I watched the general's daughter where that girl gets killed. Oh, like. <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh, this stuff is real. This just happened to me. And I, I can't do this to myself, like for college. Like, no, I became very disinterested in ROTC. I didn't care about anything anymore. And finally he, the, my, my good friend, Fred, who um, was killed in Iraq was just like, you need to, if you don't tell somebody, Chastity, I'm going to tell somebody, this is not okay. That man needs to be punished. Think about all the other girls he's going to do this to you know, next year when the next go around happens. And so we ended up telling my parents, he was so great. He came with me and talked, you know, did a lot of the talking for me. And he's like, made sure he emphasized that she did nothing to deserve this. This was very unsolicited. Um, and then they went and told my ROTC teachers who were amazing. They're one retired Marine, one retired, two retired navies. They called one of the girls that wouldn't speak up and she finally found her voice and just let loose on everything she heard wow. that guy say and any inappropriate thing. They all wrote statements for me. The the girl, wow. the other girl didn't want to be involved, but my friend Fred and the other girl wrote statements and my teachers took care of it the right way. They I just felt ashamed. I just wanted to like go do what I needed to do and not be like that person that had something happen to them and at a place that was supposed to be like, um, like a privilege to be at. Her whole life, she wants to go into the military. She has a military family. You know, this is something that's honorable. This is something that she's looked up to her, her family members for. And so badly wants to go to West Point and then gets into this, this makeshift boot camp. And her instructor is already starting this behavior and she's 16 years old yeah which is ridiculous by itself yeah you know i mean look it's it's never acceptable to do this kind of stuff 
but like she's 16. She's 16. That's creepy AF. It's not just creepy. It's creepy AF. Like an extra two letters. There's there. a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you know, I couldn't help but think that this is already starting this culture because now, you know, there's clearly more men or at that point, I guess we they would be considered boys, you know, teenagers. There are more males in this program than there are females, just like in the mil- the actual military. And this instructor is already showing these guys that it's okay right. to sexually harass the women. Right. Yeah. He, he's already yep. saying, you know what? When you get into the military, totally okay that you do this. Because look at me. I've been in the military for, I mean, however long this guy was in the military. Right. I mean, she said he was in like in his 40s. So if yeah. he enlisted around 20, then right. yeah. Decades. At least 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and he never got in trouble for it. Correct. So. Why, why would you? Exactly. So he's now just, it's the, the perpetuation of this cycle of, of sexual harassment comes from the top down and then it goes into even more, you know, even deeper stuff. You know, like if you it, we talk about it all the time, but if you don't stop it when it's something that's, quote unquote, minor, then they're going to think that they can get away with all of this stuff for major incidents. Yeah, absolutely. And people always want to push boundaries anyway. So even if they get away with something that they know is wrong, but they get away with it, they're going to be like, all right, well, let me see what else I can get away with. Right. I mean, you were just saying that about the biggest piece of human garbage. Brock Turner. Yeah. God. <laughs> yes. Come at me, bro. Oh God. Please. <sighs> that kid, please. I would, I would pay to see him come at you. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh my. Ugh. I, I mean, I'm speaking. I'm not talking about physically. Like that would be hilarious. But I mean, like legally. Like we don't have any money. Oh. Bring it on. I would also. No, I wouldn't pay then to see him come at you legally, because then that would mean that I'm like. Right. But like. Right. Um, also, sorry if you just heard a snort. That was our bug. Yeah. <laughs> He's sitting right beside the microphone. So. Um, but it just, it, it upsets me so much that this was something that she so badly wanted to do for like her entire life. Like she even said, you know, on career day, like when the girls would go over to like the tables for, for nursing and, and teaching and things like that. She was like, no, I'm going military. I'm going into the military. That's. Full stop. Right. Military is my is yeah. my only way. And this experience made her not want to pursue that dream anymore because of one disgusting person. Right. You know, right. It, would, it would be like if you wanted to be an actor or an actress and you get into an acting school and, and you, you have you meet a Harvey Weinstein or who's a piece. Of, yeah. You meet Harvey Weinstein is another piece of human trash. Come mm-hmm. at me, bro. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that can be like, well, I guess I'm not acting, because this is what acting is, especially when you're young, when you're 18, 19, 20 mm-hmm. years old. And you're very impressionable. Right, exactly. You're super impressionable. So, like, in, in her case, in Chastity's case, it's great that uh, she had those other senior officers trying to tell her, like, oh, this isn't, this isn't what it is. Yeah. So she's 16 years old. So, yeah, I mean, she could entirely think that this is just what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you were 16, think about what you thought just was normal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, 
when you get sick, you go to the doctor like, oh, wait, when you're 26, I have to pay for this? Yeah. <laughs> That's normal. Right. Uh, yeah. So you're in the Coast Guard and you're like, oh, I guess this is just what happens. Mm -hmm. I just have to get creepy old men following me into the shower. Yeah. So that could absolutely ruin her, which is, like you said, literally her dream. Yeah. Like, it doesn't get worse than having your dream ruined. <laughs> and th thank you for mentioning the whole th that he followed her into the shower, too, because, again, it, it just it just goes along with. So he's sexually harassing her. Nobody's standing up. She's not saying anything because she's a 16 year old who's now being sexually harassed by her 40 something year old drill instructor. Like, who's going to actually say something? Right. And then. He follows her into the showers when she's the only one in there. So now nobody else is around to witness this. Right. She's fully nude because right. she's showering. Right. And he's there to ask her a question. Right. Like, why don't you be a little bit more obvious that you're just a huge creeper? Yes. And, and so... That, and that she's your target, too. Correct. Like, it's creepy if all three of the women are still in there, girls, whatever, are still in there and he goes in there while they're showering. That's creepy. But the fact that he specifically waited for two of them to leave and then spoke to her and now is... means that he's targeting her. Yes. Like, again, we were talking about this in one of the other episodes, I think an episode like a while ago, about how, like, if you're going to be a D-bag, try to be clever about it. Like, the fact that he's like, I'm going to wait for those two to leave and then come in and be inappropriate is just obvious evidence to anyone who's auditing this situation that you're targeting her. And <laughs> what he's doing is called grooming. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that, too. So See he, what she'll be okay with. Exactly. If she's okay with talking to you nude, then next time, maybe you walk around the half wall and now you can see her. Well, and then if she's okay with that, then maybe you can, quote-unquote, hand her the soap. Exactly. And then, you know, exactly. Yeah. And the fact that also, while she's, you know, she's obviously in her, like, PT outfit and, like, they're outside, whatever, um, in front of everybody, but he's, like, fixing her posture He's touching her inappropriately in front of people. Like, again, he's trying to see what he can get away with. He's oh, seeing yeah. how many, how, how much of these boundaries he can push so that he can go further. Right. And thankfully, the friend finally said something because the, he was just so fed up with it. He was like, dude, are you serious? She's 16. She's 16. Stop. You're disgusting. Yeah, exactly. And so thank, thank goodness for that friend like bravo to him um yeah. he you know he stopped this situation and we all need people like that like i i talk all the time about the bystander effect but like we need bystanders who are going to intervene because right. a lot of times the 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 victim or survivor is too afraid to say something they yeah. don't know what's going to happen yeah. so they kind of need to rely on their support system. And in that case, he was her support system. And he finally was like, no, this right. is done. We're ending this. And it ended. Right. At least in that one particular instance. Exactly. But yeah. I mean, that's what it takes. Exactly. And then, you know, maybe the next time some other guy will say, oh, you know, I remember how so-and-so stood up and did the right thing and it worked out for him. Maybe I'll take that as a lesson versus... When nothing happens, then you think like, oh, okay, good. That's just what it has to be from now on. Exactly. You know, if this a-hole is going to be harassing the female cadets, then I guess I'm just going to have to let it. That's just what happens here. Right. So. Right. And then, you know, I, I understand, you know, she was so concerned to tell her family about it because of the way that she was brought up in, in that, you know, religious 
home, southern home where, yeah, I mean, a lot of religions and a lot of religious people believe that, unfortunately, it's the way that you look or the things that you're doing that are provoking people to come on to you or whatever right. it is. So I completely understand why she was afraid to tell her family. And that's also such a sad situation that you're that you're con you're so concerned and anxious to tell your family that you're being harassed by some older man who's supposed to be um, a mentor to you. And, you know, again, thankfully, that friend was like, no, we're telling your parents I will be there with you. I am your support. I mean, that guy. Right. Um, unfortunately, I, I believe Chastity mentioned that he, he unfortunately went into the Marines the year after and, and, um, was killed in action. Um, but that guy was a true hero and he is the type of man that we need in the, the military. Right. Exactly. Exactly. The whole point of the organization is to sacrifice yourself for the safety of others. Absolutely. You know, and, that's and that exactly doesn't necessarily mean you doing. have to jump on a hand grenade, but you have to be willing to jump on a hand grenade. Right. And you have to at least be willing to tell other guys to shut the hell up when they're being a-holes. Exactly. Like, that's the minimum level exactly. of self-sacrifice that you, know, you, you should be willing to undertake if you're going to be a professional warfighter, a professional defender. You mentioned <laughs> in last week's episode um, with Amanda that you, when she was at the party and she was choked... That you were like, why did nobody step in? Yeah. Why was no one like this guy? Yeah. Like this friend. Yep. No one there was like this friend. Yeah. Saying, dude, what the hell are you doing? Get your hands off of her. Right. You know, we we need more people like Chastity's friend in, in the military. It, he, he was a stand-up guy. He was what I consider a hero. He yeah. really was. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, because, you know, a hero doesn't mean you wear a cape and you fly off to, to fight uh, Thanos. Like that's right. not real. Hero means you do the, the hard thing for the good of others. The greater good. Exactly. You know, exactly. You know, like it's cheesy to say like, Oh, firefighters and cops are heroes, but like they, they are, are. <laughs> Like they're going to run into a burning building and risk pretty much the worst form of death. To help people. Correct. And yeah, it can be as simple as, like you said, this guy who stood up and told this bus full of jerks to friggin' quiet the hell down. Yep. Because that's going to come back to him, probably, that's going to come back to him negatively later. Yeah. You know, if they're really committed jerks, yeah. they're all, they, they might jump him later, you right. know? So that's a tough call to make, but he didn't think about that. He said, I don't care. This needs to stop. He, right. And that is heroism. Absolutely. You know, and if you don't think it is then you're watching too many Marvel movies and you need to calm the hell down and come back to Earth. Yeah. Because that's what the real world is. Yeah. <sighs> so thankfully, this drill instructor was ultimately fired. But at this point, Chastity was so dismayed by what had happened that she decided to just skip the military and go to college. Though because of her participation in athletics, she endured stress fractures and decided to join the Coast Guard. At 21 years old, Chastity joined about 100 females in boot camp, but only about 30 graduated. Upon graduating boot camp, she was then stationed with one other female on her ship. 
And when she joined this crew, she already had feelings of not being wanted because she was a woman. The other female on Chastity's ship had been suffering mental health issues, so Chastity was alone a lot, and she ultimately felt alone. And this is when the males began testing the waters. One of the lowest ranking people, the other female on board is very low ranking. She's already, I get there, she's already having major problems with depression. She's already like wanting to get out of the military. Um, She was from a state that was close driving distance from where we were stationed. So she went home constantly. If we were in port and she was allowed to, she was gone. So I was there by myself a lot. And uh, she, or he, so she wasn't, she was nice and everything, but she wasn't like a great support system, I guess. And I don't, I get it. She, it wasn't what anybody expected. And it was a hard, hard place to be. And uh, right away, like I meet some of these higher ranking people, one right, does the carpet match the drapes just like instantly. And I'm like, Oh, ha ha ha. And it all, it all starts with these little things. And it's, I've noticed this every time it's like they test the waters. Like Mm -hmm. if I say this, Oh, she laughed about it. So now I'm going to take it a little bit further the next time and the next time. And most of the time, if people heard someone say something like that, they'd be like, dude, shut up. Like, are you, you know, you're making yourself look stupid. Don't do that. Or leave her alone. Or they'd say, ignore this. He's a weirdo or whatever. So I I didn't want to be, I wasn't even thinking it was that much of a problem at the time. I was more concerned about the people who had the attitude of, um, oh, well, good, another female, she's not going to know how to do anything, and it's going to be more work for us, and we're going to have to pull her, you know, pull her extra weight, we have to give her a lot of slack and everything, so I'm already, like, a dead set and obsessed after I got over the whole, I hate this, I don't want to do this, I'm like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it well, and I don't want anybody else to help me, and I ended up loving the job so much I decided like well maybe I don't want to be a health service person anymore I want to do this and um but so you have to for the story you have to kind of keep that in mind that like I did not want to have any special treatment because I was a woman because that's one more thing for them to say yeah you got qualified for this but it's because you're a girl or it's because we took it easy on you or whatever um So there's that like stressor in the back of your mind constantly. And if anything does, when things did start happening, it was uh, the last thing I wanted to do was like make waves or cry about it. Cause I, how many times I heard the, Oh, are you on your period? Go cry about it. Oh, is this a hard day? Do you need a tampon? Like just joking. And most of the time I was quiet for a while and then I started giving it right back to them. Like, I bet your butt needs a tampon or whatever. Like I would just give it right back to them. And most of them were like, okay, she's cool. This is fine. She gets to her ship and they're already making sexual comments towards her. They're making sexist comments towards her. And she's more concerned with the, the sex, sexist comments, which the fact that you even have to be concerned with any of those things and then you have to be concerned with them on top of each other like you're potentially going into war at some point and you have to be concerned with the people that are supposed to be protecting you on your ship making rude and inappropriate comments towards you and having come from the background that she came from in her um in her 
boot camp on the way to West Point, the fact that she already saw that they were trying to test the waters with her, she knew where that could lead. So now she's stuck on a ship with these with people who are doing exactly that same thing. Right. And yeah, and she was so psyched about it. And that turned out to just get thrown right back in her face. Yeah. You know, and she kind of, she had to prove herself. She had to prove like, uh, yeah, I'm a woman, but I'm capable of doing the same things that you are. I made it through boot camp. I right. got here. I'm in the same position you are. Right. And she was ready for that. Like that, that's, that's not the problem. She's ready to prove herself, but she shouldn't have to prove herself through ridiculous circumstances like, like harassment, you know? Right. Issues began when Chastity moved to the barracks. There were times when she would find her underwear drawer having been tampered with and underwear was missing. She would also be serenaded by multiple men sitting outside her door, not in a romantic way, but in an extremely crude way. And when she would open her door to tell them to leave her alone, they would try to pry their way into her room and then laugh it off. And that missing underwear I had mentioned, Chastity would often find them in various places, including hanging on her door with semen in them. And I don't mean Navy semen. Thank you. Dan did a little, uh, yeah. She felt as though she stuck out because none of this was happening to her roommate, only to her. And because her roommate was not around much, she felt she was easy pickings. And furthermore, higher ranking members would aggressively pursue her and make extremely crude and rude comments when she would go out on the town with dates. And most of them were like, okay, she's cool, this is fine. But there were guys, so the problem started when I got to start living in the barracks. So the ships are so small on the Coast Guard, when you're pulled in port and you're not underway out to sea, um, if you have a family, you live off base. If you don't and you're single like I was, you will live in the barracks. And the barracks there were shared by multiple units because they were such you know, 20, 30 people on my ship, 20, 30 people on another, a small station with however 30 people. So we have one barracks building and we all live on there. Guess how many women were there for the most time? I was there one or two. So me and the other female share a room on base, but um, in the barracks, but she's never there. Like uh, if we're working, she's there, but if it's a day off or anything, she's gone back to her family. And uh, so I'm there alone a lot. So the first things, obviously, I walk in there every single day. It was like a novelty to have like a woman come in. Oh, look, there's the female. Like people would say weird stuff just right away. You're just like, oh, you feel gross. Like I just want to get into my room and lock the door and keep them out of there. And uh, so you have at least some expectation of privacy to a certain extent. Even my roommate and I shared a very, I mean, the room we shared, to be honest, was like the size of most of the apartments I've had in my life. And we just, it was nice. And we just put room dividers and kind of made it our own private space. And it was good. And uh, the first thing I noticed, there was a station there. So I'm on a ship and there's a station there. The station people are 
more what you would say are like the law enforcement type people and they are the ones that were in charge of the barracks they do inspections in the barracks they make sure maintenance is done they check people in and out whatever that kind of thing and uh they have keys so whoever's on duty has keys to every room in the barracks so i'm put up in with the only other female there for a while up in this room in the top floor over off in the corner i guess maybe they thought oh it'd give us some more privacy or something but all it did was like make it easier for people to do things and not be seen and um it started i came home from work one day from the ship and i go in and my underwear drawers open and i'm like okay that's super weird my underwear are gone through underwear are missing um i think to myself okay this is creepy and weird and then you start doubting it like did i just maybe forget or i did laundry and i forgot about it we have a communal laundry room it's kind of like the dorms in college you know there's a hangout room there's like a laundry room a kitchen that kind of thing. So I'm thinking, well, maybe I just left him in the laundry room. Go, nothing's in there. Uh, weird things would happen. I had dudes in the middle of the night outside my room playing guitar, but like singing really like nasty songs to me while I'm trying to sleep. And I'd ask them, open the door and tell them to be quiet. And they'd try to barge their way in kind of thing. It, uh, I would call or go down and ask for help from whoever the duty officer was like can you get this person away from my room and they would laugh about it or by the time they got up there the person would be gone and um at this time being young and stuff i am not true crime obsessed as i am now i was not sitting there thinking man this is creepy stuff i was thinking what an obnoxious piece like i would and it was multiple people i was thinking man i wish they just get lost like i can't stand them and uh the panty thing happened and maybe like we went underway, so I'm out for like a week or two. I come back into port and I go and I start finding my panties with uh, human fluid, if you know, like male human fluid just hidden all over the place. They, I don't know if they were trying to embarrass me or what, but they would take them and hang them one at a time. Like they probably had five or six pairs of them and they would hang them on my door. So like, everybody walking by could see these nasty disgusting underwear i would find them in like communal rooms like uh the gym if i go down to the gym they'd be like hanging on the elliptical um just super things that made me really grossed out and um it i i was honestly like so embarrassed that i just grab them really quick and like throw them in the trash and just like oh my god this is really gross and still now i think oh that's like serial killer stuff that's really creepy and um i didn't say anything at first i didn't even say anything to my roommate because she got freaked out kind of i feel like pretty easily and i didn't want her thinking it wasn't happening to her so but she was like a very quiet to herself and always gone so i don't know if that had something to do with it would constantly get like these higher ranking people working there asking me out aggr very aggressively like they all they have a saying in the military or in the coast guard it's like our uniforms are blue they'll say boys in blue are not for you or girls in blue are not for you just it's never a good idea usually to get with somebody you work closely with and i was dating civilians in the town and i would be out like i remember one specific instance i was out having dinner with a guy i just started dating didn't know him very well and we were out at a nice kind of restaurant area and 
a guy that was very much more he was like much higher ranking than I was just drunk I guess but comes up right to the table and he's like oh hey watch out for this one she's built for speed if you know what I mean to the guy and I was like what and he's like yeah watch out everybody around the, the uh, barracks knows about this one and I'm like I don't know any have never done anything with anybody in the barracks and super inappropriate I was humiliated I actually like was the guy was just kind of like he didn't know me very well and he told me oh it's fine but I never heard from him again after that and just like I felt every time I went out it was like out in public and it's a very small town you don't have many options to go if you go out somewhere you're gonna see another Coast Guard person and if I went out by myself or like just with another like civilian girl or something we were out just trying to have drinks it was always somebody would come up and say something nasty and um it just started making me feel like so this there's no way around this this happens no matter what I'm thinking back to my experience in high school all of these experiences came to a head when Chastity would feel as though people were in her room. And on one night, she woke up to find men actually there. Without going into too much detail, something absolutely devastating happened to Chastity that night. A higher-ranking member was informed and tried to get it taken care of. But unfortunately, nothing came of it. Finally started thinking my room would be pitch black at night and I would lock it. But like I said, whoever was on duty has keys. I woke up multiple times with thinking, did some, was someone just in my room? Like I'd sit bolt upright and this would always be when my roommate was gone. And I sit bolt upright and look around like I swear I heard something. And then the, I would hear a door close and I knew it was my door and I come out nobody around well one night I woke up and there they there were multi I, I'm thinking there were three there were at least two but I think there were three guys just standing over it's pitch black I couldn't see their faces um, I'm not sure I guess they were trying to scare me or something I don't know um, so some things happened and I just cried and went about my business and um, I never I didn't say anything to anybody for a really long time and I I never really actually told anybody the full extent of what had happened I uh, started talking to my he was my boss like the he was in charge of the kind of like the um, sorry having a hard time thinking right now he was in charge of the um, department that I was in and I used to think he hated me and he actually became one of my really good friends and I didn't even mean to tell him everything I just he I think I started sleeping on the boat because I was so scared sometimes and so just like didn't want to see anybody I would just start sleeping on the boat now normally that's like a punishment that if you're in trouble you sleep on the boat and one day he's just like why are you constantly sleeping on the boat here like, oh, I just don't want to go back to the barracks. Like, why? Well, you know, these guys kind of are being gross and creeping me out. And I omit like a major part of it, but I tell him about like the panty thing and stuff. He was like, are you freaking kidding me? And I was like, no. And he's like, dude, this is not okay. Like these people need to get in trouble. And 
he's like, do you know who they were? And I, I, to this day, I can guess, but I have no idea, honestly, who did the stuff with my underwear. It could have been more than one of them. Um, who was doing the creepy going in my room stuff would be moved around. One time I came in my room and someone left like a dildo on the side, like next to my bed, like the table on the side. And, um, he went and talked to who would be like in charge of the people of the barracks and was like, they were the same rank and stuff. And he's like, this is not acceptable. We're going to push this higher. Like you need to find out who did this and what happened. It needs to get taken care of. Oh, I'll talk to everybody. Well, nothing ever came of that. So, yeah. So that's all super creepy. Um, I've never understood <laughs> doing stuff to girls' panties. Like, I'm a straight guy. I like women. I've never thought, like, man, I would like to take her underwear and do weird stuff with it. Because you're not a creepy like, person. I don't get it. Like, it, let's assume that I'm a douche, right? And I just want, and there's some hot chick, and I'm just I'm just trying to get with her or whatever. I'm going to go up to her and, like, be like, eh, I want to I wanna smash that or whatever. But I'm not going to, like, sneak in her room and steal her undies and do stuff with her undies. Like, how is that? They want to humiliate her. That doesn't her. make any sense. I, well, I guess so, right. They so want to humiliate about, her. It's not about the physical satisfaction to yourself at that point. No. It's, it's about attacking this person. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not even like, I mean, obviously they're sexual creepers, but that's not even what it's about then. It's about attacking this person. Yeah. They, they want to, they want to ruin her character. They want to make her, I mean, essentially I, I, I would believe that they probably ultimately want her to leave. Right. Like, again, they're thinking, oh, a woman on the ship. Like, we need to get her out of here. She can't work as hard as we do. She can't do the things that we do. Right. Like, I I want to say that at that that stage, it may have been something more along those lines. Right. And then it just Yeah. But I mean, progressed. you know, even aside from this, though, you hear stories about guys doing stuff with girls' panties. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. again, I've just, I've never understood I mean, serial like, killers do. Right. Yeah. Like, long before. Well, serial killers are a different story entirely. <laughs> but, like, frat guys will like take they'll like do a quote-unquote panty raid and they'll like steal mm. the panties mm-hmm. from like a sorority like yes why that's undies undies are yes. gross bro yeah like i don't get it i i, I, I don't get why you want undies. i mean i'm a girl <laughs> so i don't get it either um i'm glad you don't get it like it's, <laughs> I, it's, it just it strikes me as weird but so right off the bat these guys are creepers just for liking weird Weird yeah, stuff. and you know she mentioned that her and her roommate's room was like kind of in like the back like we can look at that from two different sides. One could be, yeah, they wanted them back there for their privacy because they're women. They don't want, you know, people to have to like walk past their rooms to get to them. And then there's the other side where they're two women. So let's put them, let's isolate them. Yeah. I mean, I would say the room assignment was probably for the more benevolent reason. They probably, the administration assigned them at the end of the hallway or whatever, whatever it is. For their protection and privacy. Yeah. But like she said, you're also now isolating them. Right. You know? Right. So, so it, maybe this, they shouldn't sa- be over there. Right. Their safety is now at stake because but of the privacy. at the same the time, privacy. they may just not have thought of that. You know? like when Oh, absolutely. The, when the administrative personnel were doing the room assignment, they may have... Like, in hindsight, it's easy to say, you know, oh, yeah, the room should have been right in the middle because then... If, if stuff does happen, at least people will be there to see it. But hindsight is twenty twenty, and I don't think in advance you're thinking that these things are going to happen. 
I'm sure that there are personnel in military administration that know this stuff happens and they just are like, well, that's part of the deal. But I have to assume that most of them just either have no idea. I have to assume that most of them have no idea that this is the kind of crap that's happening. You know, like when she went to, um, I guess that was when she was in JROTC and she went to those guys and they told her this is not normal. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, clearly there are some people that are like, whoa, that's happening. I had no idea. So, yeah, right. when they're doing that room assignment, they're probably thinking, oh, that you know, that's not going to happen. So we'd prefer, I'm sure they would prefer to be at the end of the hallway again or whatever it is. Of course. Of course. For I, their I, own. Um, for their privacy. Privacy. Yeah. No, and I, I totally get that. But in, you know, again, in hindsight, it, it made it. Way easier. Worse yeah. for her. Right. Because, right, it made it easier for these other people to. Right. To so, do the things. So then maybe. If you are a military military administrative person and you're listening to this podcast, you can take this into account. When you're doing assign room assignments, yeah. you can be thinking, hey, you know what? I remember that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and some girls have some bad experiences in the military, so maybe we don't want to stick them in the corner. That's the hope. Because I mean, in case this stuff happens, no one will see it. We want change, so. Yeah. Again, and I, and I say that all the time, but. That's the point of this. Like, we're not making money doing this. No. We're not doing this for fun. It's hot in here. we got to turn the air conditioner off. It's 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 stinky because of our stinky pug. We're doing this to try to maybe do a little bit of good. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. if, if, if survivors hear these stories, maybe they can step up yeah. and get it off their chest and feel better about themselves. If jerk faces are hearing this podcast and thinking that this stuff is normal, it's not. Right. And maybe you'll talk to people and think, oh, maybe that's not so normal. Maybe I won't do this. Right. If you're a drill instructor, maybe you'll hear this and be like, oh, wow, I don't want to be the next guy that's panned on the internet about podcasts. Because guess what, bro? We're coming up. And one day we're going to have millions of listeners and you know who you are and you're going to feel like a jerk. Hopefully. So hopefully people <laughs> are hearing this. And it's making some kind of positive change. Because yeah. that's what we're doing. That's this for. the point of that's this. That's the exactly. whole point of this. Otherwise, I'm just talking to my wife for no reason. Right. Uh. And and to be honest with you, Dan and I have these conversations without yeah. microphones in we front just, of us. So, we just happen like, to have mics now. We've we been just doing right. this for years without a microphone. Exactly. <laughs> so we, we figured we'll take our conversation to the airwaves so that hopefully, yeah, we can we can enact some sort of change and we can make other survivors feel like they are not alone in these things yeah. so that's the point um but you know I, I i just wanted to go back to i know that chastity didn't really like delve into it what happened to her that night that um the men were actually in her room um but you know i think we can all kind of assume what happened um but the fact that you know, she went forward with, you know, telling somebody about it. She didn't tell about that particular part of it. She did tell about the the um, harassment and, and, you know, the, the thing with her underwear. And that person was like, I'm taking this up. Like, I'm going up the chain of command, which is phenomenal. That's fantastic. But then it just stopped right and he was willing to escalate it based only on those yeah those admittedly small creepy thi- but pretty small creepy issues right as opposed to the one big thing he didn't even know he didn't that. even know exactly so had she told him about that exactly but the, and so this is my point exactly yeah. the the quote-unquote small issues didn't actually 
escalate to anything in in reporting and in you know punishable offenses against her but would something have come of it if she had mentioned what happened that night you know we don't know uh, again hindsight is 2020 we don't know what would have happened unless she actually did right. report that so did it just not go up higher than this person because the military saw it as oh whatever they're just playing around it's just a joke which, you know, even, even at that, like, so I, and I actually meant to mention this before. So I was talking about how I've never understood the panty thing and it's yeah. creepy, but like, let's say that none of the other stuff happened. It was just these, it was just this panty snatching stuff. Like if I'm, you know, uh, senior bosun's mate, I'm going to make that up. I don't know if that's a thing. If I'm, cause I'm trying to think of Coast Guard things, Navy rank. Yeah. Yeah. Coast Guard ranks. <laughs> Not so familiar with them, but let's say I'm the, the Coast Guard equivalent of uh, a master sergeant, okay? okay? And I hear that, I'm thinking like, wow, that's not, I don't want that on my boat. Like, that is crap discipline. Right. That is totally unprofessional. That is not a sailor. That's a that's a jerk. That's yeah. a frat boy. Yeah. So e even aside from the fact that this woman has now endured this, You've got these completely non-professional sailors running around your boat. Don't you want to do something about that? Right. Even if she gets no justice, don't don't you want something to be done to these guys so that they at least understand that that's not acceptable and everyone else on the boat understands that that's not acceptable? Right. And, and like serenading outside of her room <laughs> at night, like now yeah. you're keeping other sailors from sleeping yeah. because other rooms are going to hear this. Mm -hmm. And what if there's an attack? In yeah. the middle of the night. Right. And now they're all too tired and the wrong button gets pushed. Right. And, you know, a, a Navy destroyer gets a missile shot at it instead right. of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, again, this is a breakdown in discipline. Like, these are the kind of sailors you want on your ship. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just, it's just locker room talk. There should be no locker room talk. This is a weapon of war. I hate, yeah. I hate, you know, I hate yeah, locker I room talk. And, and I brought it up specifically. Because, <laughs> like, that's not. Cool. Like, first no. of all, it's not cool even in a locker room. No. But, like, you're on a military vessel. Right. It's got guns and shit on it. You're literally supposed to be <laughs> the most honorable people yeah. in this country, and you are doing incredibly dishonorable things. Right. And you're also just not good at the job. No. Because, again, now by playing music in the hallways in the middle of the night, you're keeping sailors up and stopping them from doing their jobs. So again, as the as the whatever the equivalent of the master sergeant or whatever is, like, aren't you thinking like we've got to stop this? This is a breakdown in discipline. Again, aside from justice for her, like, aren't you just thinking that we got to fix this? This is a problem. I know, because, you know, when we talked about Amanda's story, it was all about the Navy's reputation. The, the Navy wanted to keep their reputation intact. Like, doesn't the Coast Guard want to also? Like, don't they, they would, wouldn't want this to get out saying like, oh yeah, you know, we run a frat house. Right. Right. Like, it's exactly. So I don't know why they didn't even decide to do anything about that. Right. It's just like, did they even talk to these guys? You know, right. like, we don't know. Chastity doesn't know. Right. Like, because like she said, she couldn't pinpoint who they were she could figure out who they probably were right but like she couldn't pinpoint who they were so oh well that's it which kind of makes it an even bigger deal 
Because now you've got these guys running around your crew and you don't know what job they really do. Mm -hmm. You don't know what job is now being done incompetently. And, you know... Doesn't that mean we need to launch an investigation immediately to figure out where this discipline problem is before it spreads and half the crew is ineffective? Right. And it (laughs) makes me think of, like, in, you know, in school when, like, one person or two people do something in a class and the teacher is like... If you guys don't come forward, I'm going to punish the entire class. Right. Like, why didn't they just line up all of all right. of the, the service members on that ship and be right. like, listen, if you guys are not coming forward and telling me who's doing this. Right. You're all getting extra right. duties or right. whatever it right. is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they could have done that, too. I mean, that happens all the time in, in high school. Like, I know I've had classes where... Yeah where someone's done something stupid and the professor or the teacher or whatever is like, I'm going to punish all of you if yeah. you the one person doesn't come forward. And then they're kind of like, dude, like, go, please. Like, I don't want to get punished for you. Yeah. And like, I have to assume that like a modern military vessel has maybe not cameras looking at every single bunk, but maybe there's got to be cameras in like a significant number of the hallways and whatever. Yeah, see, I don't so know. So can't you just can't you just be like, hey, when did it happen? We're gonna figure out who. Like, you don't even have to like maybe swipe through some. Like, there's got to be a way. There's I mean, gotta be this, a system in place for tracking these people down. This I think <laughs> was like 15 ish years ago, 10, okay. 15 years years ago. Right. So like, I don't know. So yeah, I don't know like how cameras were right. in. But like, there's got to be a way on the bases to figure this out. Like, just look at. Whoever has, like, the duty rosters, as far as, like, your, again, like, I'm not sure what the term would be in Coast Guard, but, like, your NCOs, and see, like, okay, well, this guy can confirm that these 12 people were here doing this thing, and this guy can confirm these 12 people. So just by process of elimination, you can say, like, okay, well, there's only, like, 10% of the crew that could even possibly have been that. Well, she even said, too, like, there are only a few people um, in those barracks that have keys, everybody's rooms because mm-hmm. it's like their job right. so like let's start with them yeah you're right so if her if her <laughs> you know? yeah if her room is being locked yeah and then unlocked without her permission then right off the bat go to every single person who could possibly unlock that door right and be like now all of you are gonna sit in a room exactly one of you one of you for sure is guilty of dishonorable and, conduct. And even we're if... Gonna, we're going to figure out which one of you... None of you are going to leave until we figure this out. And even if none of them were the ones who actually went into her room... They, have they to had given, the keys, right. They so have to they, either given the key or been negligent. Correct. Exactly. Somebody in this room effed up. 100. We're going to sit here for the next 27 hours if we have to exactly. until we get to the bottom of this. Exactly. And I'm going to be able to go out and get water but, and soda and drinks. But that's a waste of time for them. But so like, why are again, they going to do it? But again, like, let's say aside from justice for her, which is pretty important, yes. you've got a discipline problem in your crew. Yes. Uh-huh. That's a big deal. It's a huge deal. You've got, again, sailors being kept awake when there could be an attack technically mm-hmm. at any time. Yep. That's a big deal. Yes. I don't care how long the investigation takes. Don't you want to solve this problem? Right. This is a big problem. These people could be responsible for shutting off valves <laughs> to cool off the reactors. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. Well, due to an injury, poor Chastity. She's just, like, injured all over the place throughout her, like, entire, yeah. like... Well, she's a warrior. I know. That's, that's what happens. She you, is, use, you use your body. She is a warrior. You can be a bump on a log and have great knees until 
No, but that's 60, such... or you can be like me and have blown out knees at 25. Yeah, but <laughs> that's such a good word for her. She is she yeah. is a warrior. But uh, so, so due to an injury, Chastity was moved to a different base to be closer to medical personnel. And she says it was a much better experience. However, sexual harassment, of course, continued. And another female on her new base expressed she had been sexually assaulted and was ridiculed. This woman was removed from the military, and this made Chastity continue to suffer her experience in silence. She was even stalked at this point, and nothing ever came of it. One man at her new base assaulted Chastity, and a complaint was filed. He was removed from the military, but not for what he did to Chastity. Sound familiar? And while Chastity believed she could find support in other women, she quickly learned she was wrong in that belief. And when these types of issues were discussed with even higher ranking females, the gossip would multiply. I was in pain every day, so I get taken away from my unit and sent to a new base. And I'm thinking, great, here goes another set of people. And it was actually better there because it was a large base. There were lots of females there, high-ranking females. Um, it sucked at the same time because I had made such good friends and, and the guys that actually did stand up for me and, and wouldn't put up with that kind of behavior and stuff became some of my best friends. One of them was like my man of honor in my wedding. He was like my bride's man. And I mean, we're still, I still keep in touch with those people. So like I said, there's very good people and just like any situation, I guess, and there's very bad people. So I go to the new base and just it, stuff happened. The sexual harassment just always continued, but I then had other females there where it's like, I, it's happening to them. And we would just be like, Oh, this person's gross. Don't get on an elevator with them or whatever. Um, I had again, guys showing up drunk to my, when I lived on base, showing up to my room, trying to get my room in the middle of the night. Um, just the things I would hear them say about other females around me. And one girl that I actually was friends with spoke up about being sexually assaulted and it made me like, I will never open my mouth to say anything about anything that happened to me. The things even other women said about her, just like, she wants attention. She's just a liar. She can't hack it here. This is why she's bringing other people down. That poor man, he has a family. And they just like made her life a living hell to where she tried to kill herself. And she got booted from the military for what they call failure to adapt, where it's like, this person just cannot cannot hack it in the military. The higher ranking women, you go and tell them something that's happening. They'll go and gossip about you to the person, like to the, the person that assaulted you or to the person that you're saying is harassing you. They will literally go and say, just so you know, she came into my office and told me this and you need basically come up with the story, get your story straight. So you, you're ready when they come in. Cause they, they, a lot of times what I saw, even with me, cause I ended up having a guy that I dated for a little bit from another unit, but on the same base, he started stalking me for a while and like coming to my, I lived off base at the time. He comes to my house, slashes tires, throws bricks in the windows, just really creepy stuff, following me around base. Um, 
they will go through the motions a lot in the military, especially if there's uh, like a, a big female presence in the higher rank. It's like, oh, she put a complaint in. Let's make sure it's on paperwork and let's get CGI, which is like the invest our investigation service. It's usually like contractors or, or uh, civilians that are like detectives, but specifically for the Coast Guard. Let's get them to look into it, but nothing ever happens ever. Like it's very rare. I see something happens. It's almost like they want a paper trail to be like, we did, we did something see, and we looked into it, but there's never a resolution to anything. People rarely get in trouble. Um, this guy that was doing all this stuff to me, he got kicked out, not because he was a psycho that was literally choked me one day and, and just did crazy stuff to me. He got kicked out because he defrauded the government out of like, he pretended he was married and he wasn't so he could get more money on his paycheck. That's what he got in trouble for because he took money from the government. What he did to me and God knows who else, I never, I put in a complaint and everything, nothing ever happened. I have to say that too, though. It's not just men. A lot of complaints that I have are actually like the females that are almost just as bad as the men. They might not be doing the assaulting, but they are facilitating it sometimes they help shame you they will be the one look at this slutty girl oh she was wearing this off base and of course something like that's going to happen to her oh she posted a back in myspace day she posted a picture on her myspace of course this would happen like she's just wants the guys to come one told me actually somebody's wife said something to somebody one time um that girl's too pretty to be in the military She's probably only in there so she can get a husband. Like, there are easier ways to get a husband. So she goes to a new base thinking, oh, great, I'm getting away from these people who did these terrible things to me. I'm getting away from the people who didn't have my back. And it basically starts all over. And now she's finding that with having more women around, she even has less support. And, you know, I talk about this all the time, but I don't understand how women can be so, so catty towards one another. Like she even mentioned, Chastity mentioned like, oh, well, that man had a family. How could this woman accuse him of doing something because he has a family? Like, how about how could he do this to this woman who has a life, who is a human being? Yeah, I mean... So there are obviously women who will be anti-feminist just because it's cool. You know, like the women that support a certain giant orange gorilla. They don't really think truly inside of themselves that women deserve to be subservient to men. They're just doing it to be cool. Because it's, it's, what, it's what the group that they've chosen to be around want to do so in some cases it could be that that these women in the military are just like well i i want to be i know the military is mostly men and i don't want to rock the boat no pun intended so i'm just going to go along with this idea that oh yeah no he was cool she's just a trollop well chastity even mentioned you know that it seemed like a lot of these women were joining not joining the military but but being on the side of 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 injustice because they just wanted to remain friends with the men. Right, Maybe they didn't want something to happen to them. 
So they were just playing the part. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. And then number two, the other possible motivation would be that they legitimately think that, you know, you, you, enduring this stuff is part of the, the, the job. And if you can't endure it, then you shouldn't be here. Right. But, like, you should never have to endure sexual assault nope. and harassment. Nope. Like, ever. Like, you know, I don't, cons- you know, I- I'm not saying you could drop me into the middle of Afghanistan tomorrow and I would take down, you know, Al-Qaeda myself. But, like, I consider myself a fairly survivable person. I think that I could I could put up with some crap and get through it. I know I put up with some crap in my life and gotten through it. Um, and I-, I think that there's a lot of challenges that you could throw my way and I would be willing to take it head on and overcome it. But, like, I would if, if you if you listed these challenges for me and we're like, okay, you know, Climb this mountain. Like, all right, well, I'll give it a shot. I might die of hypoxia. I'll give it a shot. Okay, you know, go into this firefight. Like, all right, I might take some bullets, but yeah, I'll go for it. Oh, yeah, and by the way, you're going to have your room broken into and your undies snatched. And you're going to have, like, this kind of stuff happening to you. And, you know, you people may assault you sexually. I'm going to be like, whoa, 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 what? Like, yeah, I didn't... How does that have to do with right. proving my toughness? <laughs> Proving my value, being a warrior. Like, I didn't sign not, up for that. That's not part of the deal. Exactly. That has nothing to do with anything. Exactly. Exactly. And you, so... <laughs> like you're saying, you shouldn't expect to go into something, you shouldn't go into something expecting to be sexually harassed or sexually assaulted. Period. Right. And, and the fact is, like, if I were in some kind of military training program or if I go into some kind of law enforcement, like, like specialist program, like SWAT or something like that, and... They're like, oh, by the way, your drill instructor is going to watch you shower. I'm going to be like, all right, see ya. Wait, yeah. what? What, are you weak? No, that's stupid and creepy. And how does that have anything to do with me being able to take out a hostage taker with my rifle or talk somebody off of a ledge mm-hmm. or defuse a bomb? Mm-hmm. Right. It's, you not, know? it's not it's, like you signed that's up. not part of the skill set of a warrior. It's not like you signed up. To work in porn. Right. And they're like, okay, your job today is to go into the shower (laughs) and he's going to watch you shower and then you're going to have this scene. Oh, okay. I signed up for that. Right. That's the job. Going into the military, you don't sign up for that. Right. That's not part of the skill set. And it has nothing to do with me not being tough. Nothing to do with it. Because like if I go to join this program and you're like, climb the mountain. Okay, cool. Go in the firefight. All right, cool. Get you know have somebody watch you shower and be like no and if you're like oh then you must be weak i'm gonna be like take a swing at me i'll show you i'll show you how weak i am so like it has not like it's it's completely not the same it's not the same it's not relatable remotely it doesn't make her not tough correct because she doesn't want to put up with this kind of this kind of crap is not part of the deal correct it doesn't make her weak and it you makes know, her logical to think like, uh, you're joking, right? That's not part of the deal. And if she <laughs> turned it around and said to those guys, like, how do you want to be creeped on in the middle of the night and sexually assaulted? And listen, of course, there's a ton of guys out there who would be like, yeah, yeah I, I want to I want me. a girl to just creep into my room in right. the middle of the night and wake me up and have sex with me. Of course, because they're right. creepy. Right. But what if it's someone you don't want to have sex with? Right. What if it's a dude who comes into your room right. and you're not gay and you're not attracted to this person right. and they sexually assault you? Right. Are, exactly. Are Think you about that weak? Now. Is it cool? Are you exactly. weak because of that? Right. No. It's because you you have bodily autonomy. Right. That's literally right. one of our freedoms in this country. Right. You fought for that freedom. So thank you guys. 
But the fact that you are taking that away from somebody and having that power and control over somebody, which is not part of their job or your job, has nothing to do with your skill set. It has nothing to do with your mental well-being. It has nothing to do with your strength or your bravery. You should not be doing it. Period. Exactly. The fact that the woman that she that she that had confided in her that was sexually assaulted this bothers me so much she attempts suicide and the military deems her unfit to serve because they could not take care of her right in the way that they should have right she was ridiculed when she came forward with being sexually assaulted ridiculed and because of that trauma not only from the assault, but from the the mockery that they made of it, she wanted to end her life. And I am not saying that I believe suicide is the answer, but I can completely understand when you are hurting that badly, wanting to just crawl into a hole and never come back out. Because all of the people that you felt were your support system are now not Where are you going to go? Who do you now have? No one. Right. You are supposed to have your brothers and sisters in arms to support you. You are supposed to have the higher ups looking out for you, making sure that these things don't happen to you. You're supposed to have a team behind you that's helping you manage your way through the military. Because clearly she was good enough to get through boot camp. She was good enough to get onto the base. This woman was strong enough to do all of these things, both mentally and physically. And then something happened to her on their watch. And then they basically told her, we don't want you anymore. You're damaged. You're no longer worthy to us. You can go. Right. And it's and it's their fault that she is now damaged. Correct. And I don't know how often that happens where... Right. You know, someone is that traumatized by something that could have been avoided. I understand, again, we talk about PTSD from veterans because of being in war. I get that. That happens, unfortunately. But that's part of what you sign up for. Nobody ever should have to go through trauma. But you, you're you signing up for a certain amount of potential trauma when you go into the military. It's just, it's inevitable. It's something you probably cannot avoid. But like we're saying, you're not signing up to be sexually assaulted. Right. So to have trauma from that, something that was completely avoidable, the military is responsible for taking care of you for that. And they didn't. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you should feel you should feel less likely to be sexually assaulted in the mili- serving in the military than you should as just as an average civilian walking around. Yeah. It should be the safest place because you're surrounded by friendly fighters. Yeah. This should be the safest it gets. Yeah. You're on a giant ship full of guns and covered in armor. This should be as safe as it gets. Mm-hmm. And the fact then that she, that Chastity said that if you were to tell a higher ranking female, so now you're thinking, okay, I'm a female. I, if I go to a higher ranking female, okay, she's higher ranking and she's a female. That means she's probably going to be on my side. But then that, that higher ranking female goes back and tells the person that you're accusing of harassing or assaulting you that you're accusing them and she's trying to help them in their defense, 
what the hell is that? What, what is going on? Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's, it, it's and, and like we've talked about before, like, I don't know if this is just that old guard of she's now a threat to us and we have to eliminate her. Or if it's male chauvinism in a predominantly male dominated administration or what. But like, yeah, either way, there's no logic there. Like, how does that make sense to you? Here's a, a, a sister of ours, a sister in arms. The United States government has spent money to produce this tool and we're not going to protect it. Yeah. <laughs> and more importantly, like I said about the issue before with doing an investigation to find out what, who, who did that, like you've got an issue of discipline there. So now that you know that this this sailor, this female sailor, has gone down this route and become, in your words, defective or, or whatever it is that they would say, no longer a value, whatever it may be, don't you want to know why that happened? This person who got through boot camp and boot camp said, yep, she's good to go, got through, you know, however much period of time of serving and, and all the officers in charge said, yep, she's good to go. And then something happened and now all of a sudden she's ineffective. Mm-hmm. What don't you want to know what happened? Yeah. Don't you want to fix that? I I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> you know, if you're a manager in business and you have this great employee and all of a sudden they're trash, don't you want to know what happened? Don't just fire them. Find out what it is. Exactly. What, what disgruntled them so badly that they started coming in late and working like crap? Because. You know? You know, you talked about it at some point. I mean, this was obviously, this was a while back. I don't know when it was actually put into the PTSD definition with the VA, but you had discussed with me that the VA now acknowledges that sexual assault is part of PTSD. Yeah, because it's pretty traumatic. Yeah. But I don't know when that definition came into their protocol. Um, So... Who knows if that was even there when this woman went through what she was going through. But regardless of why you have depression or PTSD or anything like that, if you even if you come into the military with that, there should be somebody there, a mental health professional there who is following your case. I mean, we talk about this all the time with with um, prisons too, the prison system. Yep. And, you know, yep. We mental health is such a a taboo subject still, but everybody has a brain. Everybody has a mind. We all have something that we're going through. We all have some trauma in our past, whether it be something major or minor, but we all have something. We could all use help in some capacity. Yeah. The human brain is so complex that even today we still don't really understand exactly how it works. Right. So stuff gets weird sometimes and we have to be aware of that and prepared to say we need to try to learn when stuff gets weird. We need to try to observe and see why it gets weird and maybe prevent it from getting weird. Not just say, oh, that person's a weirdo. Shun them. Because now you're just going to end up with the same exact percentage of incidents of weirdos doing weird things. Right. You know, it's like we always talk about with, even when it comes to someone like a serial killer, I'm not saying like, oh, they didn't mean to do it. Let them be out and live a normal life. No, they need to be, they need to be captive. But you learn from this. Don't just say, oh, yep, he's going to go to jail now and we're never going to stop this from happening in the future because then you're going to have the exact same incidents of innocent people dying. 
don't you want to figure out why? Mm-hmm. It's just like I said, with when you've got a discipline problem in this in the crew, don't you want to figure out why and fix it so you don't have to go through this again? Correct. If you're a manager in a business, don't you want to figure out what it is that's pissing these people off? Exactly. So you don't have to fire them and then go through the process of hiring another person? Exactly. Don't you want to just go to work every day and have everything run smoothly? Mm-hmm. You can have that mm-hmm. if you investigate every time something goes wrong and try to find a solution. I'm not saying you're going to find a solution overnight to every problem, but you should at least be putting in the effort. Don't just accept that this is just part of the deal because it doesn't have to be. Certainly when it comes to sexual assault, that never has to be part of the deal. And if you've accepted that, then you have no business making decisions. Exactly. I, yeah, I have nothing to add to that. Exactly. So Chastity felt as though she could not share what happened to her with anyone. And one day she had gone to a sexual harassment training and while watching the training videos, something triggered her. She went to see medical personnel, but felt the military solution was not at all what she needed. I guess like a flashback and I had a panic attack and I was so embarrassed. I got up. And they're like, what's wrong with you? Because I guess I turn red and there's like a hundred people in this room and I go to the medical area and I actually was working with the medical people at the time and the doctor's like, why are you acting like this? What's wrong? And I was like, I don't know. Like that I just started getting, I, I felt like I was having a heart attack and I couldn't breathe. I'd never had anything happen before and I couldn't stop. It was like a, a mental video that was playing the same few seconds and the same clips over and over and I couldn't shut it off and I literally had never in my life experienced something like that and she's like well why why would that upset you like she was very aggressive with the way she was like why would that upset you and I didn't want to tell her I was like I don't know I don't know and she's like we're did something happen to you I think she was trying to draw it out of me and I was just so humiliated and I just said yes something happened but I wouldn't tell her what and they're Their main problem I see with a lot of military is their solution to everything is medication. It's just like, oh, go talk to the psychiatrist. And then you come out of there with like 10 different pills that, oh, that's all. Like they make jokes about like GI candies where they're just like, here's um, 800 milligrams ibuprofen. Take it a million times a day. You'll be fine. Here's Percocet here. You know what? Whatever. Oh, you're in pain. Here's some pain pills to help you do your job oh, you're having anxiety attacks and PTSD flashbacks, take a bunch of these antipsychotics or whatever it is. And you're just like, I ended up not even of any fault of my own, becoming very dependent on medications. And that prolonged me not dealing with what I needed to deal with. And it's never just like, well, let's, let's address this actual issue. It's like, let's just mask it and numb it. And that seems to be the theme the theme, the common theme is let's just hide it. And if we can just get through this mission, if we can just get through this, this underway, whatever, like everything will be fine. She also felt as though when she requested to see a therapist that she was further ridiculed and it got to the point where she felt she could not get the help she needed. And she felt as though it was not worth the mockery to better her mental health and discuss the feelings she had regarding her harassment and assault. I was, oh, you're trying to get out of work? Um, Because, you know, you go see a therapist, the 
in a small town, they're open from nine to five. Basically, that's work hours. So, oh, you just want to go so you can get an hour off of work. I was made fun of to the point where I just stopped going to therapy. And I think it would have been very helpful. I was able, there was not, there was not a medical center where I was for the military. So we got to see a civilian and she was great. And I found out that they had started following me to see if I was there. Their reasoning was, well, we want to make sure you actually went to the medical appointment or to the psychiatry appointment. But they at one point went up and demanded that my therapist tell them what I told her. And she said, absolutely not. And they tried to threaten her. They would call her and say, we're going to get our legal team on it because she's a military member. You have to tell us. And she said, no, I don't. I have to tell you guys if she's like going to hurt people on your ship or whatever. And good for her. She stood her ground, but she told me, she's like, you need to watch your back. You need to be careful. If there is somebody, she's like, I'm going to look into it for you, but I don't know anything about military rules and law. Um, But they are trying to force me to give information, which I will not do. It's just like, you're really looked down upon if you go and try to get therapy. You're really like, people openly make fun of you. Like, oh, go talk to your shrink about it. Or like, they'll make comments like in meetings where everybody has to be at the meetings and not just me to anybody who they know is getting therapy. I've heard a million times like, oh, because some people are little bitch babies and can't take being an adult and having a grown-up job so they have to go tell mommy about it just like weird silly things but when you're trying to fit in and you're trying to do your job away from family and everything you know like it sucks to have to have have to sit there and think everybody thinks you're like this idiot loser that can't do your job and you're crying because you're on your period or something what they always thought so yeah so uh what do you think about that? So she went and sought therapy on her own? Correct. Okay. She yeah, didn't that's... she didn't like the way that the therapy would have been in in the military. She said that she felt like it was just them throwing pills at you. So and she also had mentioned that she didn't want her mental health being taken care of by her um by her colleagues. So she... She wanted an unbiased third party. Exactly. Which is kind of the point of therapy. Exactly. It's supposed to be... This person's supposed to be an unbiased third party. Right. Yeah. So she went to a civilian psychiatrist. Right. And then the military came Found to that out. psychiatrist. Right. They would and follow made her. illegal demands. Yeah. And I love that the psychiatrist was like, no. yeah, no, <laughs> I don't have to tell you anything. Right. Unless she's a threat to herself or to your crew. Right. No. Right. <laughs> you have no legal recourse. There's nothing you can tell me or ask me to right. give you about her. This is client physician privilege. Right. There's no, no. Right. And like, even if you went to a civilian authority, like the police and had the police show up to the psychiatrist, she would say the exact same thing. Like, well, I don't care. You can't have, even if you get a warrant for me, like, I don't care. And I would hope that even if the military went to the police, the police would be like, no, like the law right. states that she does not have to tell you anything unless, again, there's a threat. Right. But that's not the case here. You just right. want information. Right. And I asked Chastity, do you feel like if you had gone to a military psychiatrist that they would have basically spilled everything that you told them? And she said, yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
So she didn't feel safe going to speak to mental health professionals in the military. She felt safer going to a civilian. Right. But people were finding out that she was going to see to seek therapy. So, like, how was that getting around? Because I guarantee she wasn't telling people. Yeah, no, of course not. Of course not. Like, and then for them to, to again, to continue to ridicule her. Mm-hmm. Because she wants to better herself and she wants to make sure that she is in fighting shape, both mentally and physically. Right. And I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like if somebody is having an issue, don't you want to fix the issue? Right. Like, I, I say all the time, you know, mental health is health. We take it for granted because we can't see it. But... Mental health is just as important as physical health. If you had a family member who had cancer, would you tell them you're being a baby for going to the doctor and getting chemotherapy? Right. No. Going to a psychiatrist is the same as going to a specialist for any other physical ailment you're going to have. And mental illnesses can manifest into physical ailments so you know i i want to i want to just make it clear again to all of our listeners that going to seek mental health or therapy or uh, mental health help or therapy or anything of that sort does not make you a weak person at all so if somebody is telling you that they should not be in your atmosphere life at all <laughs> i mean those people need to be removed from your life yeah and what sucks about this is, like, if this were just a regular job where that she was going through this stuff, I would say, well, then you need to leave. Unfortunately, when you join the military, you sign a contract. Correct. That says that you're stuck here. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, it's just, like, these people were making her life a living hell. Like, everything that she was doing was wrong. She could do no right. They physically sexually mentally assaulted her i mean like they just beat her down and she was still like no i'm i'm sticking it out i'm staying here like you said before she's a warrior like i yeah she is because she's like i'm 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 remaining in my position here like i want to be in the military that has been my lifelong dream and you all are not taking that away from me and that's, that's, again, such an honorable thing. It's such a shame, though, that she didn't have the support that she so badly needed. I mean, the fact that she was triggered by going to a sexual harassment seminar that was required of all, you know, the military members, that's really, really upsetting. And these sexual assault seminars are meant to keep you safe (laughs) they're meant to teach people how not to sexually assault somebody or what to do when you are sexually i mean it's sexual harassment when you are sexually harassed that only made it worse for her because she was keeping all of this so bottled up because she felt there was nowhere to go there was no one to tell and again she saw what happened to that other service member who tried to commit suicide and then was discharged. She was like, I don't want I don't want that. I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want to be discharged. I want to stay here. Right. Even through all this BS, she's still willing to fight through it. Exactly. 
Chastity was ultimately medically discharged about five and a half years into her service. She felt as though leaving the military was freeing, but she has absolutely no regrets having been in the military. And this was the point where she finally started coming to terms with what had happened to her throughout her military career. I do not regret my time in the Coast Guard. I'm proud of it. I wanted to make a career of it. I think 90% of people in the Coast Guard are amazing people and want to do good. And I don't ever want what happens, what has happened to me and, and other women to kind of taint it. They're not all monsters. They're not out. A lot of them are, I mean, I've seen like the worst of men and the best of men in the military because then they're the guys that are the monsters and they're the guys that will literally put their careers and everything on the line to stick up for you. Despite it all, I still loved it. I still felt like I could overcome it and do it. But getting out probably was the best thing for me. I was able to finish school and I have, you know, met my husband who's not military and I, he's you know, I knew we were friends before, so I've actually known him for like 15 years, but he's very kind and he, he listens to me. And I basically got told, you're not going to get to be in the military, which is all I ever wanted to do anymore. You're going to be in pain for the rest of your life. Um, and you just have to deal with it. Oh yeah. And you have these horrible memories and things, you know, that you it's, I literally just is like, I know it sounds cliche, but it's like my dark space in my head. And I can literally sometimes just like, there's a curtain there and behind it is stuff I don't want to see. So I turn the lights out on it and I just don't look ever. And sometimes I accidentally creep in there and you know, that's kind of how I treated it. And I drank, so I wouldn't do that. And I made bad decisions. So I had something else to focus on instead of that and to punish myself. I felt like no matter what, like it was my fault somehow, like maybe I uh, shouldn't have joined a branch of the military that has so few females. The Coast Guard has fewer females than any other branch. Like maybe I should have finished college. And if I was an officer, maybe they wouldn't have done this to me, and, which isn't true because it happens to female officers too by other um, males, you know, male officers. And I think I finally came to terms with it, uh, when I found, when it basically my life came crashing down, and I'm like, okay, I don't have to suck it up anymore. I'm not going to be in your your dumb Coast Guard, because I was very bitter for a while. I'm not going to be in your dumb Coast Guard anymore. And this happened, and it's not okay. And I felt like, well, I kind of lost the chance to, which you can always say something. You, you can, I know that now. But I felt like, what's the point? It's been a couple years. Who cares? These people, I don't even know where they're stationed anymore. However, after leaving the military, she continued to have thoughts of worthlessness and became self-destructive. She felt as though what others made her feel like were indeed what she should feel like. But she had been able to cope with that and has ways of bringing out her inner power and her self-esteem. There were many years after that first thing happened where I was on a mission to just destroy myself with everything I could do except actually kill myself. And I only didn't do that because I didn't want my grandma's heart to be broken pretty much. And um, I drank all the time with all these medications that I wasn't supposed to drink with, never at work. I was always perfectly okay at work. 
I would go out and drink nonstop. And I basically felt, I honestly, like it made me end up sleeping with a ton of people that I shouldn't have. And I did it literally to make myself to like reinforce the thought that I'm a piece of trash and I'm worthless and somebody treated me like garbage and that's what I am. And no one's ever going to want me now and ever love me. And, um, I went out and just had a horrible few years of just trying to destroy myself and destroy my life. And, uh, honestly, like one of the, I would tell myself, just skip that whole thing. You're not, trash. you're going to be okay. I was still, I am like really into like, uh, metal music and like screamo metalcore stuff. And I remember there's like this one band that just like, I would, when I started being like, I have to go, like, I can't live like this anymore. I have to get out of this. I, maybe there is life after the military for me. Maybe, you know, everything will be okay. I would listen to this band. It's the word alive. And they have this like album, the deceiver and everything on there, like each song, I'm not saying like, Oh, it's just a bunch of angry music, but it was very like, it made me feel like it, you know, what's better than being really sad and depressed, being angry and feeling like, like you want to, punish the people who did something to you. And so I would literally put that on and just run and run and running is still very therapeutic for me. And I'm still a big metal fan. So whenever, you know, I've been asked that before talking to people and stuff like honestly music running and has gotten me through everything. And just, it made me feel like there's more to life. This doesn't have to define me. And then being lucky enough to have a husband who doesn't judge me, who knows about my past, even my self-destructive past, and doesn't think less of me. And she now allows other things to occupy her headspace, so she does not revert back into her PTSD. She now has a loving husband, a beautiful three-year-old child, and proper coping mechanisms. And she continues to go to therapy and learn about herself and her specific ways to survive. I honestly have had a lot of problems with PTSD until my son was born. And I really, I'm scared for when he does move out of the house because I really feel like I'm so focused on being his mom and doing what he needs. And I work too. So it's, I'm, my day and nights are so full that I don't have time to sit there and let my mind wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a lot of hobbies now. Like I paint, I crochet, I have to keep my hands busy. And it took me years to realize like when you sit and you're idle and I can't, I'm not a person now because of all of this, I can't just sit and enjoy a movie. I have to be doing something. My mind has to be so occupied that it doesn't have time or the ability Mm -hmm. to go into the past and to think about these things. And I, I really have had very few problems with PTSD since my son. Um, and honestly, it's because he's a handful. I thought you would especially like the part about the metal music. Yeah. Because I know that's your Good thing. Stuff. Yeah. Uh. Well, anyway, yeah. So she she runs, she listens to her metal music. And, you know, that's that's how she escapes a little bit. It's great that she that she's learned how to cope but the fact that she even had to learn how to cope, you know, like, it, again, she didn't sign up for that. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? 
sucks for the Coast Guard that they lost her because she she seems to have turned into a pretty capable human being yeah. and they could have had her yeah doing work yep and she actually <laughs> yeah um she actually works as a victim ag- advocate good so you know there should be people like that in the military yeah and and i i think i heard her say that she has a son now yep so yeah so she's got a family mm-hmm. she's got a job she's a productive member of society yep so yeah. she is one of the toughest people i know because she got through all of that bullshit and then still managed to make a great life for herself. Yep. So what an asset that the United States Coast Guard just lost. Yeah. Let slip through the cracks. Right. It's it's so unfortunate that they keep people in like the garbage people who took advantage of her. But they unfortunately let people like her go. Yeah. Because, again... Just like I said about her friend from earlier, the the hero that I was mentioning, we need more people in the military like her and him. People who are yep. going to fight for this country no matter what. They are being put through so many things and they are like, nope, this is my job. This is what I signed up for. I'm doing it. I owe this to my country because this is what I want to do. But the fact that she was put through so much more than what she signed up for, and now those people get to probably just continue their service as anyone else. Well, no, as as not anyone else, as the D-bags that they are. Because well, yeah. they get to continue their service and continue to pull this crap. Yes. They get to continue to be entitled mm-hmm. and get what they want mm-hmm. by manipulating people, by harassing people, by conning people and they get to continue to worsen the state of readiness of that crew and of Mm -hmm. that vessel so that you know maybe Mm -hmm. maybe somebody invades and that vessel happens to be the one that stops that's in position to stop the missile from hitting suffolk county new york and my freaking dog gets nuked because these jerks are left on that freaking boat (laughs) these stories when i hear the beginnings of them they infuriate me but then we get to the end And I hear these survivors saying, I don't regret what I've been through. I've learned to cope. I've learned to take myself on a journey of healing. I've learned that I'm not worthless. I've learned that I am a powerful person and that I have the power within me to feel good about myself. And then my aggravation turns into admiration and I'm always just so taken aback by these people because you know we don't know what we would be like in these situations we don't know what we would be like unless we've gone through PTSD and to hear so many stories about people who have come out on the other side it's just it's it's beautiful and yeah wonderful yeah i was really i, I was i was taken aback a little bit when i heard her say the word son and i was like oh wow that's awesome that she's able to after an experience like that that can really ruin your ability to have intimacy at all yeah and especially that she got through 
pregnancy and childbirth because mm-hmm. that by itself is a pretty significant load it's on the, on a the very human system. Tra- yeah. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she was able to get through that and now has this child that yeah. she's raising is is yep. fantastic. That's yep. great. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and she mentioned she's not like a hundred percent sure what she's going to do when he's old enough to like leave when she's an empty <laughs> nester because, like she said, you know he's a handful. She he right. he keeps her occupied so that she doesn't think about those thoughts of her her PTSD creeping up. Um, So she's not sure what's going to happen. But you know what? That's so far down the road. She doesn't have to think about that right now. That's not something that she should be thinking about right now. She can be in the moment with him. She can be thinking about what a joyous life she has now. And, you know, it's baby steps. It's, It's taking it day by day. And, you know, we say all the time that healing is not linear. Healing is nope. not going to take you from point A to point B where you're all healed. Right. A lot of people <laughs> think it is. A lot of people think like, oh, I'm sick. I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm going to take antibiotics. And then and in two weeks, I'm going to be better. Right. And that's not how healing works, even with a virus and Correct. antibiotics, as the, as the world is learning right now. Co- correct. Uh, and especially not with mental health. That's right. not how it works. You're going to have great days and you're going to have trash days. Absolutely. And there's a there's a little graphic that goes around on social media that shows the, um, the trajectory of a healing journey. And it's literally like, you know, it's like a line graph. And it's just like going up, going up, going up. And then it's just this like ball of yarn in the middle and then it's just squiggles everywhere and then it's going down and then it's going back up and then (sighs) it's just it's all over the map because you don't know what every day is going to is going to bring you but you should know that you are going to have good days you will have good days and if you have a bad day you can think about what made this day so bad so I can try to fix that tomorrow and make sure that tomorrow is a better day than I had today. And it takes a lot of work, a lot of work to heal. Um, you're never going to be fully healed. You're never going to be cured of, you know, your your PTSD especially. But you can cope. And learning how to cope for yourself specifically is one of the most important things because we're all going to cope completely differently. Like I would not be able to listen to metal music. Hmm. No way. (laughs) You'd be surprised how soothing it can be. No way. I used to listen to metal even, (laughs) even after I was no longer into it really. I used to listen to it at the gym all the time because you'd think, oh, it's so fast and it's so heavy that it distracts you, but it doesn't. It's so fast and so driving that it really it's it's like white noise it's like listening to beach sounds and seagulls it really kind of lets you just focus but it also kind of gives you energy and and you can push through it yeah not for me (sighs) for me it's just loud sounds and people screaming and i just i mean i have misophonia so to me Mm. it's very sensory overload right and it it doesn't i can't listen to it so like i need just white noise like just some Mm. static in the background or 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 the seagulls like you're saying (laughs) um or put on some enya i'll put on you know Mm. i'll I'll, I'll put on some spa music but you know learning learning what helps you heal is really important is incredibly important because you can't listen to someone else's story and say okay that helped that person so i'm gonna do it too 
You have to find your own way. And the way that you can find your own way is a, I talk about this a lot, is, you know, um, find what you enjoy doing. Like she even said, she's taken up some new hobbies. You know, she paints now, things like that. If you love to paint, start painting. It doesn't matter if it's good or not. Just get yourself into that mindset. Um, you know, if you like to go hiking, go hiking. If you like nature, go to, if you have an arboretum or a park near you, just like walk around. Just, you know, do the things that you love and enjoy. And if you don't really know what you love and enjoy and you maybe need a little bit of help learning that, go to therapy. And you don't have to see a, a, a specific psychiatrist. You don't have to see the most expensive person on the planet. You can just go to a social worker. You know, you can go to a counselor, a therapist. They don't have to have, you know, MD or or PhD after their their name. They they can just be someone to talk to. Be someone to talk exactly, um, and especially social workers. I mean, social workers like it's literally their jobs to like help you manage the world, help <laughs> you manage society. That's why they're called social workers. So like they're some of the best people that you can talk to to figure out how to navigate your social needs. But yeah, so I mean, that's... I couldn't tell you tomorrow how, after this meeting with you how I'm going to feel, how if I'm going to be sad or feel glad or have a flashback or whatever it may be. It's, it's a daily struggle and um, it's just a daily challenge. Um, and it's just, if me saying something about it can help one other just one other person feel like it's okay to speak up it's okay to have bad things happen to you you're not the person who should be ashamed you're not the person who should be hiding um you can always say something if you tell somebody i should have just stuck with it like i i want to tell if this is happening to anybody else if you tell somebody and the outcome is not what you want these people did not get punished go tell somebody else and there's a chain of command in the military. This is something you can skip the chain of command for, which I didn't understand that. Like I thought I have to start at the lowest and work my way up. No, if somebody's harassing me and they're buddies with this low ranking person you're telling, of course it's not gonna move any further. I should have skipped my ass straight up to the captain who had a wife in the military too and said, these guys are doing this. And I think heads would have rolled at that point. Like you can't, you can't just be quiet. That's what they want you to do. They want to, they want to appease you. Here's a cookie, go away. Like, yeah, look, I'm taking notes about it. Oh, it's so important. People are making change with like, you know, Black Lives Matter and stuff. It's bringing, it's bringing awareness to things and it's making people who may, they're not everybody's racist, but it's making people who maybe, like you said, are being silent, you know, speak up and stick up for people. And I think the same with the Me Too movement, like, people who just it's not something they have dealt with and they don't think about it doesn't mean it's not an issue and now people are aware of it so maybe the next person who is sitting there hearing a teacher talk to a 16 year old girl that way and touch her butt in places she shouldn't have been touched will say hey like oh all this me too stuff yeah this is wrong we need to say something because something worse can happen and so I, I feel like, I know a lot of people think, and it's hard even to speak to you, though I feel comfortable with you. I know you're not like, judging me and stuff like that. I love love your podcast. I've listened to most of it, and I appreciate people like you, but I feel like there are still people who are going to hear it and be like, 
those attention seekers or those girls should not have been. That's why women don't belong in the military except to do just desk work or, you know, whatever their thoughts are. And it's disgusting that it's 2020 and people of color don't have um, as many rights as we do and women don't have as many rights as men do. And we're looked at as less, less than somehow, you know, it's, it's not, it's not okay. And I just feel like it might be annoying to people and inconvenient to hear about, and you don't want to hear about the stuff, but it's happening. And if you're tired of hearing about it, do something to change it. What I would tell somebody that's worried about that is try not to isolate yourself, go make friends, even if it's hard, if you don't want to, um, try to make a good number of male and female friends have both. Don't put yourself just with females. Don't put yourself just with males. And that's just because like, you don't know what's going to have, who you need to talk to. Just make as many friends as you can and make friends in your, in your unit. Um, if you feel like you can't be real chummy with a certain person that you work with, make friends with their wife. We, we do a lot of in the military, there's a lot of like family events and stuff. If you feel like you're a female very isolated, maybe you're one of the only females in your unit, go find somebody with a really cool girlfriend or a really cool wife and be really good friends with them so that you have that support system. Don't isolate yourself and uh, don't don't drop it. Keep pushing. Um, you're not the person who did something wrong, no matter what they say. And it actually, you are not weak for speaking up and, and saying that this behavior is not okay or that something happened to you. Um, it, I feel like it actually takes like a stronger person to speak. It's it. I promise it was way easier to just not say anything. That's why I did that for like a decade. So um, yeah, just, I wouldn't let that stop me, but I definitely, if I could go back, I would just keep in my mind that this is a very real possibility and I do have options and it's not my burden to bear alone. People who choose to assault people and harass are actually usually really cowards at heart. They are people who I would like to see these guys say the things to me in front of my husband. I just sometimes wish I could like roll back or my brothers or anybody like they are cowards and they pick on people lower ranking than them in the military or um, a smaller minority like females there's a very low percentage of us we'll pick on them because they need to make themselves feel strong somehow and they know they're useless pieces of crap so that's what they do to make themselves feel good there if someone wants to talk to somebody who has some experience and I usually have some resources for people if I don't have resources in your city I'll find a co-worker who does somewhere and um just you can my my name is pretty uncommon so you can find me easily it's just chastity moret dilday d-i-l-d-a-y that's the end of our uh our survivor story with chastity do you have any parting words no this was a, this was i mean i don't want to say this was a good one because i know a shit thing had to happen to her but no it, it was really nice like i said before i was i was really happy pleasantly surprised to, to hear that she has a son and yeah. And that she's gotten through that. And so, yeah, I was just really pleasantly surprised to hear that she has a son. That's great. And that she has a husband. A very <laughs> loving husband. Who's a loving supporter. Yep. That's great. And mm-hmm. and to hear that she went through, a, you know, a few years of, of darkness and came out the other side. Yeah. So that's great. I mean, yeah. 
And sometimes we have to go through those times of darkness to really find ourselves. Oh, yeah. 100%. You know? And even if it's not that kind of darkness. Everybody, yeah. like we said, you know, your journey, your mental mental health journey are, is, is full of ups and downs for mm-hmm. everybody, you know? Yeah. We've all had some times of darkness. We've all had mm-hmm. some times of sadness and some, and some depression. And maybe it's over something as silly as something that happened to you in, in school or something that happened to you at your job. Maybe it's something as serious as this, but in your mind, there's no difference. It's yeah. the, the darkness is as dark as your brain is willing to let it yep. be. And yep. so you always have to be thinking about tomorrow, you know, and, and you always have to be thinking about the fact that you're going to get through it. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, I mean, I had some crap that I was going through a few years ago and the only way I got out of it was just by thinking this is awful right now. But at some point, whether it's five minutes from now or five hours from now, I'm going to feel better. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Yep. And so that's what you have to do. You just have to think, you know, like for someone like Chastity, who, who is past the darkness, but, you know, I'm sure that she has moments. And And all she's got to do is, is just think like, all right, I'm just going to tough this out for a little while. And obviously she's pretty tough. Yeah. So she's capable of toughing it out. And for anyone else listening, it's the same thing. Just understand that no matter how how doomed you feel right now, you're not doomed. You're, you're not. There is another side that you can come out on. Correct. Just, just, you gotta, you gotta tough it out. You gotta bear it. And I know that sucks and it can, and, and it can seem like, oh yeah, easy for you to say. You've never had to deal with the horrible things I've had to deal with. Sexual assault or a horrible car accident or a drug addiction that you can't kick, but even people who just get made fun of in high school, to them, their darkness is just as bad as a person who gets sexually assaulted or a person who goes through a horrible accident or whatever. Your brain can make it just as bad. Enough where even even just kids in high school who get made fun of commit suicide. Yes. And you might be tempted, oh, well, that's not that big a deal. They just got made fun of in school. I went through all this shit. But that person ended their life. Yes. So the human brain is capable of of really taking what would otherwise be not a big deal and turning it into the biggest deal on the planet Earth. Correct. So everybody's been through it. And you just have to understand that you just got to tough it out and come out the other side. Yep. And yeah, like you said, you know, talk to somebody. I mean, start off just by talking to loved ones, family and friends. Yeah. And... And if you if you can really try to speak to someone who's trained, and it doesn't yeah. have to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist, it can just be someone who's trained to sit and listen. There, so um, there are apps now where you can speak to volunteers. Um, there is the crisis text line, which I know I've talked about a billion times, um, which. Because of the pandemic, I have to say, because of the pandemic, they have had an overload of um, volunteers. So they've actually started a wait list for people who want to volunteer for this program. So it's wow. amazing. I thought you were going to say an overload of, of people calling of people, you for help. No. Wow, I mean that excellent. that kind that too, of too, of course, but but people wow, literally like in the pre med groups, people were asking, you know, what virtual volunteer things can I do right now because obviously I can't be in the hospitals, you know, whatever. And people were saying, oh, you can do crisis text line. 
And someone mentioned, oh, I just signed up for it and got the email saying there's a wait list because they've had so many people wanting to volunteer for this program. So Crisis Text Line, honestly, like they are and they train their volunteers. You're not going to get a volunteer who doesn't know what they're doing, doesn't know how to speak to you. You're going to have a volunteer who knows exactly how to talk to you and their supervisor is going to be there with them. So you're you're not going to get somebody who's who's just some dumb kid who's like, you know, looking to, I don't know, be stupid online. I don't know. Um, and then there's also what I just found out, um, seven cups of tea. So it's seven cups, the number seven, um, not spelled out. And uh, I actually just signed up yesterday to potentially be a volunteer with them. But it's basically just another like volunteer thing where you can go in and um, talk to a person who's called a listener. And you can go in and, and they have like old categories like depression, anxiety. Um, they have uh, relationship issues, financial stress, domestic um, situations, a whole mess of things, spirituality, religious things. So you can choose what your issue is and then speak to somebody who again is trained to speak to you about it and just have somebody listen and those are completely free things crisis text line and the seven cups of tea completely free so if you can't go forward with paying somebody you know a large sum of money your insurance might not cover some things whatever you can 100 percent just go to these volunteer organizations and um from the comfort of your own home talk to someone anonymously and hopefully get some help there. And then there are also things like better help and stuff like that. Those are paid um, because I believe that they have um, actual like psychologists and stuff like that on the other end. But insurance does cover some of those things. And I know that they are cheaper than if you would like go to someone's office. So that's more of like a telehealth kind of thing. But there are there are options. So again, like if you need the help, you want to, you need to talk to somebody, absolutely go to one of those um, and, uh, and hopefully it'll help. And of course, you can always talk to us as well. So with that, we want to thank Chastity for sharing her story and for being so incredibly brave and candid with her experiences. Chastity, you are an incredible inspiration to so many and I truly hope that your story helps at, at least just one person who's listening to this and I'm positive that it will yeah so thank Al you always remember you're a warrior don't let anybody tell you any different and especially don't let yourself tell yes. you any different yes you are a warrior so that concludes episode what did I say 22 yeah. Yeah. All right. Double deuce. Yeah. Deuce, deuce. So if you or someone you know has a story that you would like to share on Blackbird, you can email us at blackbirdadvocacy at gmail.com. You can DM us at any time at blackbirdadvocacy on Instagram. We are on Twitter at blackbird underscore pod. We have our new website where you can shop all of our fun clothes, which is blackbirdadvocacy.com we are on all major podcast platforms um including google uh apple spotify stitcher the list goes on and on 
You can find all of those things at our link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Blackbird Advocacy. We would love if you could give us some five-star reviews. That would be awesome. If you could share our uh, podcast with your friends and family also, because again, these are really important issues that we really want other people, as many people as possible to hear and to start discussing. Um, really quickly, we have a another giveaway going on on our Instagram. It is a safety kit giveaway from the company Bling Sting. They sell like tasers and pepper spray and stuff like that. But the kit that we have for you is a really cute uh, first aid clutch, a seatbelt cutter slash window glass hammer for like if you get stuck in your car. Also a personal alarm keychain and the hammer and the keychain are rose gold. The keychain itself is like sparkly and it is in the shape of a bow tie. It's like the cutest thing. Um, so the kit is adorable. So we're going to have two winners of that. So what you have to do is follow us on Instagram at Blackbird Advocacy. Write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Screenshot your review. Post it on Instagram with the hashtag Blackbird Safety. And we will announce the two winners when we hit 5,000 followers on Instagram. And we are almost at 4,000, so it'll get there quickly. So yeah, so if you want to win some really cute stuff, um, and, you know, safety is like the number one priority, so those are really important things to win, then uh, join our giveaway. And, um, oh, um, I'm also going to throw in to just to go vote on November 3rd. So that's also very important. And so, as always, stay safe. Be aware of your surroundings and social distance if you can. Please just and thank you. Social distance. Just do it. Forget the if you can. Just do it. You can. <laughs> it's not difficult. Well, it is for people who are in homes with people that they can't get away from. Yeah, but you don't need to. If you're in the home and they're sick, you're sick. <laughs> That's how it works. Just social distance. Don't spit on people. Don't yes. get spit on. Yes. And wear your masks. Yeah, wear your masks because that's how you don't spit on people. And that's how you don't get spit on. Right. All right. Wear your masks. Be clean. Wash your hands. We all know who you are coming out of the bathroom without washing your hands. Everyone knows it. Shock us all. Wash your hands. And go vote. Okay, thanks. Bye. Peace. Hey, everyone. I am Nick. And I'm Russ. And if you're looking for a podcast about current events that's well-informed, highly educated, and safe to share with your whole family... That's not us. Nope, it's not. But here at the Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything podcast, we have an opinion about everything and don't mind sharing it. That we do. New episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Check us out at nickandrust.com. And find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more, including YouTube. Thank you, and I love you all. Mwah!